Sexual. Welcome to the Unsettling Your Language podcast, the Cree language podcast that may or may not contain any actual Cree. Hello everybody, my name is Chelsea Val. I'm Métis from Laxantown, Alberta, although I'm living here in Montreal right now, for at least another year until we move back to home territory, Treaty 6 territory. And today I've decided that I need to just go ahead and start a Nehiwewin podcast. Nehiwewin is the name of the Cree language. Um, it's also specific to the Plains or Y dialect of Cree. And it's one of my traditional languages, um, the other being Michif, which I don't speak a word of, unfortunately. And also some of my ancestors would have spoken um, Stony or Nakota Sioux, um, the Iskaya language. And uh, some of them would have also just been fluent French speakers. So a lot of us come from um, family backgrounds that have a lot of different traditional languages. For me, Cree was sort of the most accessible language, um, despite the fact, as I'll discuss in a moment, it's actually really not very accessible at all. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a sense of what I'm planning to do um, in today's podcast. As you can hear, I am speaking in English. So this is not going to be a full-on immersion experience. <laughs> Maybe eventually. I hope eventually. But right now, definitely not. Um, I'm going to do one of those meta things for my first episode here, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the language. <laughs> and I promise you it's not going to be all like that, because that that's not useful. This is not a linguistics course. We're not gonna, we're not gonna talk all about the language. Um, so this first episode, I sort of mean it as a, as an introductory discussion to some of the, some of the reasons that more of us are not fluent in our language. And I wanted to, to discuss some of the obstacles and some of the feelings that we have about not being fluent in our own language. Um, because if we don't address those issues, then we often fail to become successful language speakers. Um, to give you a sense of where I'm coming from, I wanted to uh, explain sort of my experience with Cree language learning. So I wouldn't say that I'm a fluent Cree speaker. Um, in fact, as, as the years have gone by, I've become less and less fluent in Cree because I'm not able to speak it in a community. Um, I even, at, at one point, I was offering Cree classes here as a, as a way to continue to learn and to use Cree, and that was really great. Unfortunately, it just, um, I'm pregnant right now, and I'm teaching full-time, and everything is just not working out uh, for me schedule-wise to keep doing that, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, I definitely wanted to be fully fluent before I had any children. I've, I've already got some kids, <laughs> so that, that didn't happen. And I think... Um, Looking at it now, it's just we put a lot of really unrealistic expectations on ourselves in terms of becoming fluent in our languages because the resources and the support just aren't there for our languages. And the way that we have to go about learning them, um, those ways are very limited. So let me just go back to the beginning. When I was growing up, 
um, I was surrounded by um, people who spoke Cree uh, or, or Stony, sort of as ceremony, um, meaning that people knew how to say a few phrases, introduce themselves in the language, um, you know, say a few words for ceremony, and, and that was about it. Um, the really fluent elders, um, you know, there's, there weren't that many. And, uh, and quite often, even the fluent elders would sort of switch into English so that they would be understood, right? It, not everybody who is fluent is a teacher, um, has the patience to always be teaching the language. You know, sometimes they just want to be understood. So, uh, so I didn't grow up speaking Cree. I, I grew up um, knowing a few words or mixing them up with stony words. That was the thing, too. Later on, when I did get a chance to study Cree, I was like, oh, that's, that's not Cree. That's, that comes from a different language. Um, so my first opportunity to, to actually start learning the language was in university, which is such an inaccessible way to learn a language. Uh, not only do you have to get into university, right? You have to somehow find the time to to take a course like that. So I was an adult uh, when I could finally actually study my own language, and it was wonderful. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. The opportunity was great, and it I, I did it during law school. I, I took an extra course just so I can I, I could take Cree during law school, and it was very very good for my mental and spiritual health. Let's just say. Um, but obviously that, that sort of learning opportunity is not available to a lot of people. And, um, that's really frustrating. Uh, there are, you know, there are now there's community, uh, drop-in classes that, that people from the community offer that you can go in and you can do some conversational Cree and you don't have to be in university and that's becoming more common. But, uh, but just, you know, if, if you're the type of person who just like wants to just study the language the way that you would do French or Spanish or Japanese or anything like that, you, you can't. Um, there's no online courses. There's no packages that you can buy. Um, well, I mean, there's a few materials out there, but very, very scarce. And worst of all, there's no support. You, you can't go into a grocery store and practice your Cree. You can't go into a restaurant and practice ordering in Cree. You just you don't get to use it outside of the classroom in the way that you can often use other languages. So this is a reality a lot of us are facing, is we have a desire to learn our language. We recognize that learning our languages um, is important and it's valuable to us uh, on a personal level, but the opportunities aren't there. And, and that's, that's an obstacle that we can't simply ignore. It's something we have to really work on. Um, the government of Canada is definitely not going to prioritize our languages, not going to fund them. And uh, we have to find a way to make those languages a priority, um, not only just for ourselves, for our own language learning, but make them a priority in our territories. These are the original languages. They don't exist anywhere else. We can't um, we can't just let them go and, and and feel confident that you know somewhere out there out there in their you know original homeland across the sea that they're going to continue to exist because that's not our reality. So it's really up to us to value our languages and to and to push for them, and that's not going to be easy. So that's where I'm coming from, um, as as somebody who came to Cree as a language learner as an adult um, in a classroom setting. Uh, you know, definitely not. The, the, the level of fluency they want to be at. So I wanted to talk about that, too, is levels of fluency. Mm. Just drinking my muskegawapo here. Levels of fluency. Oh, boy. You know, we do. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, eh? Um, I think 
that it's really important we approach language learning, understanding again that fluency exists on a spectrum. One of the best ways that I ever had it explained to me was um, from Kelsilum. I hope I said his name correctly. He's uh, Squamish, and uh, they have all sorts of sounds in their language that we don't in Cree. <laughs> but he was saying, um, he was talking about this model of fluency uh, that, that really spoke to me. And he said, okay, so, you know, you start off, uh, you start off at, uh, at the Tarzan level first, right? Where you're just able to say a few phrases like, me hungry, uh, me tired, want food, want party, you know? And that's, no matter what you're learning, whatever le- language you're learning, you start off with just isolated phrases uh, like that. So that's a level of fluency. I mean, if that's, if that's all you ever learn in your own language, you at least know some of your language, right? And you're, you're going to pick up those, those terms when people say them. It, that's, that's important, right? But we all think that we're going to get to the point where we can just natter off, you know, like start spouting deep philosophical truths in our languages. And we get very frustrated <laughs> when that doesn't happen. So the next level of fluency would then be, um, you know, talking about, uh, it's tar- he called it t- Tarzan at the party, right? Uh, oh, this is a great party. Um, you know, what should I bring to the party? Are there, you know, are, are there hot chicks at the party? You know, stuff like that, where you're, you're expanding your language a bit more. You're talking about, you know, maybe even things in the future. Um, your, your sentences are a little more full. Your conversation is better. And that's a really good level of fluency too. That's a level of fluency where you can communicate with people. And, uh, a lot of us only get there plateau at around there, right? And and that's what I found is that there's definitely there's an increase in language learning that, that just really goes up, shoots up really quickly when you first start, but then you plateau when you get to the more complex grammatical structures and things get more complicated and difficult and hard to understand uh, and difficult to say, right? That's that's where things just sort of you don't see the improvement anymore. And a lot of people give up at that point. But this is where we need to push on. So the next level of fluency is what happened at the party. You know, Tarzan talks about things that happened in the past, past tense. Um, you know, who was I dancing with? Uh, who else was there? Did somebody call the police? <laughs> you know, talking about things in the past. Um, you know, and, and, and depending on the language, sometimes speaking about past events is actually pretty simple, uh, uh, you know, grammatically, and sometimes it's very complex. So a lot of people, when they learn a language, they get to that level. You know, they can they can talk about things in the future and uh, or the present tense and maybe even in the past tense, and they can have simple conversations, and that's great. Where everybody wants to be and where everybody sort of seems to think that fluency exists is at the Charlie Rose level. So Charlie Rose is a an interviewer in the states who often sits down with you know world leaders and discusses deep philosophical ideas and really gets into things. And being able to have a, a deep philosophical discussion in a language. It's very, very difficult. Um, I mean, how many people do you know whose first language is English can't do that? Eh? <laughs> so, you know, getting to that level in your indigenous language, I mean, we're talking, that's, that's top-level fluency. That's, that's elder fluency. That's being able to switch back and forth between English and your indigenous language uh, anytime and just speak from the heart. Uh, and, and, and be very um, well understood and, and, and speak in very complicated ways uh, in both languages or in, or in as many languages as you speak. We shouldn't call that fluency. We shouldn't say that that alone is fluency. We have to t- take into account those other stages of fluency. So when someone asks you as a language learner, are you fluent in your language? Um, don't just accept that. Don't just say, 
uh, no, because that's what most of us will say, right? No, I'm not fluent. You know, and we have all these people who are not fluent. No, I'm not fluent because we're humble. <laughs> um, say, well, you know, I can speak up to this level. I, I can do this much in my language. I really want to, I want to keep learning and I want to get better. And, but yeah, you know, I am kind of fluent in my language. Um, and, and we need to, I think we need to say that to each other so that we don't feel bad when we come across people who identify as fluent and we go, gosh, I'm not fluent. This person's fluent and I'm not, you know, I, 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 what do I do about that? Um, the fact is, is that most of us, unless we grew up speaking the language are not Charlie Rose fluent, right? Uh, and even if we are sometimes, it's, it's likely we're not all the time because we don't get to engage in our language as often and as deeply as we do in colonial languages. So let's cut ourselves some slack. And uh, I think that that's important because it's, it's how we're going to encourage people to continue learning rather than discourage them because they haven't attained this incredible level of fluency in a short period of time. We just, we, we, we need to be realistic. Um, so I wanted to talk about sort of what we can accomplish with this podcast, right? I, I don't want this to be like, uh, you know, an hour long podcast like Métis in Space. Also, my partner in crime, Molly Swain, is not here, so it's just going to be me and I'm already boring myself. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to accomplish with this podcast, well, here's the thing. There are some materials for Cree language learning out there, um, but they tend to be dictionaries and grammar guides, which, fantastic, you should definitely have those in your collection, but you can't learn a language that way. You can't learn a language through print. You just can't. You need to hear the language. And what better way to hear the language than listen to a podcast, right? So... That's the idea with this is, uh, it's, it's not going to be like one of those language tapes that you hear, <laughs> you know, like where you try to learn Italian, como ci amo, <laughs> you know, and you repeat it over and over again. But, um, but I would like to introduce some basic phrases and some grammatical structures that you're not, you're not sitting there trying to read it off a page. You just hear it over and over again and say it. Um, because, being able to learn a language means being able to speak the language, frankly. I mean, we're not talking about uh, just learning to read Cree. That's, that's not useful, <laughs> especially given the many, many ways that it's spelled. And we need to be able to speak it. Um, and if you heard my opening, right, I always introduce myself uh, in, you know, in Cree. And the thing is, is, you just have to repeat things over and over and over again until you don't even think about them anymore, right? You're, you're just not even thinking. You're like, I'm just, here's the concept I'm trying to... I'm trying to get across and blah, 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 blah. There's the words for it, right? So that's kind of what I'm hoping to accomplish here uh, is, is to just give you guys some, some phrases, um, you know, and, and build on that, right? So that you can say it over and over again and just boom, you start using it in everyday life, okay? I like to think of it as like, I, I really love Dune, right? So Dune talks about having a battle language, a language that you can speak with other, other people that nobody else understands. And I mean, what more perfect uh, battle languages are there than indigenous languages? Because so few people really understand them, right? So I like, I like to do this when I go out um, with my kids. I like to talk to them in Cree as much as I can. And it's not just to like exclude other people. It's just, it's great practice. I step outside and here we are. I'm giving them commands in Cree and they're like, yeah, yeah, mom, whatever. But they understand. And, and this is how we do it. So there's many opportunities to practice. So in the next episode, uh, we'll start with that. 
I, I'm not sure exactly what we'll do. Maybe some greetings, maybe um, being, you know, territorial introductions or saying where you're from or whatnot. But that's how it's going to start. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback from people who are learning, uh, you know, whatever language, even if it's not Cree, just about your own experiences and obstacles that you face learning Cree. I kind of wanted to finish off with sort of one last little thing. And I referred to it a little bit before, but it's really about the way that we feel as language learners, particularly as Indigenous language learners. I think that there is a lot of shame that we feel for not already being fluent in our languages. And we can rationalize it, we can understand that our languages were forcibly removed, literally um, ripped away from people in residential schools and through various policies and just through neglect. Um, not, not neglect on our part, but, but sort of the, the low prestige that Indigenous languages have in Canadian culture. We, we can know that all of that is true and that it's not really our fault that we don't speak our own language, but that shame remains. And I think that we have to keep facing that. We have to pull it out and face it a lot. Um, it's tied into that idea that, you know, we're never fluent enough, um, we're not good enough, all of that. All the reasons that cause us to give up on something that is very, very difficult. Let's, let's not lie. Learning an Indigenous language is difficult because Indigenous languages are very complex. They're very unlike colonial languages. So that, that part is difficult. The lack of materials makes it more difficult. But all of these feelings that we have about our self-worth as Indigenous peoples linked to our languages that's also a huge obstacle that doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm going to keep pulling that out, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to stare at it until it starts to melt under the fiery gaze of our determination to become fluent. Because if we can slowly start to unpack the reasons that we are not successful language learners, then hopefully we become successful language learners, right? I, I don't know if that's going to work, but uh, ignoring the problems has certainly not helped. Right. Anyway, uh, I missed Mr. Uh for listening to this first podcast wherein I spoke almost no Cree and uh, very much looking forward to the next one, which I'm probably going to do right now. for listening to the Unsettling Your Language podcast. And remember, Nikutemdik, Nikiyawe. Kinekiyawansi. Kinekiyawansi. Kinekiyawansi.